1: Welcome to the Zweig Letter Podcast. Putting architectural, engineering, planning, and environmental consulting experts' straight talk in your ear. These podcasts deliver great interviews with industry leaders and Zweig Group's three decades of invaluable research, leadership, management, marketing, client, and HR advice directly to you, free of charge. The Zweig Letter Podcasts let you develop personally, and professionally
0: wherever you are Hey everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Zweig Letter podcast. I am Randy Wilburn, your host, and I'm certainly excited to be with you today. And I'm 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 probably more excited for the simple fact that my guest who's with me, my main man Noah Hunt, who is an M&A consultant here at Zweig Group has decided to join us uh today and and to talk M&A. That's been one of the topics that we've discussed quite a bit actually in the recent past, there have been a number of articles on the Zweig letter uh, with regard to the MA activity that is taking place at record levels uh, throughout the design industry. And so, I mean, we have an amazing team here and I wish I could get them all on this episode at one time, but, uh, I've been able to abscond away with Noah for a minute and, uh, I'm going to pick his brain dry and, and hopefully he can share some information with you, uh, just about what he's seeing in the marketplace and, and actually what's going on today. And so, uh, without further ado, um, Noah, it is so great to have you on the podcast. I'm, I, I appreciate you just got back off of a trip, and um, I know you haven't had much sleep, but uh, I appreciate you taking some time this morning to to be with us on this podcast. So so thanks so much for, for coming.
2: Yeah, good morning, Randy.
0: Thank you for having me. Yeah. I'm excited to join you in here. In, uh, Talk everything M and A. Hey, that's all. That's it. That's what it's all about. Well, so people know. I mean, obviously, we talk about a lot of different things on this podcast. Um, um, we talk about routines. We talk about um, professional and personal development. We talk about marketing. Um, we talk about M and A. We talk about strategy. We talk about executive search, recruiting the whole nine yards. We discuss everything that we possibly can bring up that we think the listening audience wants to hear. And you know, as I've told people before you just never know who's listening and so it's it's always great to uh to try to uh share some good advice especially from the trenches and hopefully today you'll be able to do that and you know give the audience the listening audience uh some feedback on exactly what's happening in such an explosive market when it comes to to mergers and acquisitions in the design space so
2: yeah absolutely we are actually seeing uh, you know a, a continual growth through M&A um and i think a lot of that really leans towards um, obviously, we're seeing um, a continuing a continuization and consolidation consolidation and divestitures of you know these uh, these firms. Um, our, our industry tends to be highly fragmented. Um, it's a highly fragmented nature, and so we we're seeing firms of all shapes and sizes joining these forces, uh, jo- joining forces, uh, splitting apart, and also you know creating and uh, forming these new firms on a daily basis. And so it's a continual growth and uh, what's really interesting to me is uh, seeing all the top states um, and all the locations that we're seeing a lot of growth. Um, you know, um, it's across the board. Um, I would say you know Texas and Colorado being two of the hottest uh, markets
0: uh, that we see a lot of acquisitions go on. Yeah, Texas is huge. I mean, it's a big state. I mean, it's it's a, it's a republic into its own right, right? Mm-hmm, so, exactly. uh, I think that's one of the natures. And, and 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 you know, I've been involved in this industry um, for you know the better part of. Um, I guess almost the last three decades I've had experience in the nineties, the two thousands, and now in the twenty tens. And uh I mean, even back in the nineties, Texas was hot. Mm. Texas was a hot market. I mean, you had kind of like the um the handoff from the petrochem oil and gas industry into just the general design industry, infrastructure uh firms that were really growing at a rapid pace, and you've seen all of the you've seen a huge amount of consolidation, especially with, you know, big firms like AECOM and Jacobs and others. And so, um, you know, it, everybody is kind of taking note uh, and watching what these firms are doing and how they've kind of been able to um, to bring, you know, bring new organizations under their fold and, and grow that way. I think one of the biggest challenges, though, that, that and I'd love just to kind of hear your thoughts about it, because you're. You like, like I said, I said earlier, you're in the trenches, but you really get to hear directly from these owners as they go through this process, and you've seen a number of transactions now. Are you, are you keeping, are you keeping a uh, uh, tabs on how many transactions you've been involved with? Or yeah, I keep a tab. Okay, you know, um, notches on your belt. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's good. I mean, that that that's important. But I'd be curious to know, you know, what are some of the biggest challenges that you're seeing out there? Uh, with with the M and A process, both at the at the beginning of the process, and let's maybe we can start with that. So let's just kind of break it down about the beginning of the M and A process that most people go through, and some of the misconceptions that people have, and why some people sit on the sidelines when they really should be in the mix when it comes to having these conversations and hearing more about it. So I'd be curious to know what your thoughts are.
2: Yeah, that's a great question, and I would say you know just uh, one of the main. Uh, issues that I, I we tend to run into uh, would be within the preparation stages. Um, you know, developing your uh, your deal team, really getting you know the the, the best people um, is is key number one. I would also say having appropriate expectations going into the deal. Expectations whenever you're you're looking to execute on these deals expectations of you know, what markets that you're going to be working in. One major issue that we actually run into quite a bit is uh, whenever you know, these firms are looking at coming in to these hotter markets or these growth markets is the expectation of being able to um, cut a deal. And what I mean by cutting a deal is finding a, a, a cheap firm. Right. Um, and we've actually seen these you know, valuations of these firms in you know Texas, uh, specifically Dallas, Austin, and San Antonio are drastically increasing. Continuously increasing, and so that's one big issue that we come across a lot. And then also, um,
0: so is that along the lines of maybe lowballing an offer? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Which happens in just about every environment: real estate, buying a car, you name it. People always want to get things for nothing. Yeah, that's your natural
2: tendency, right? Exactly. I, I see the values one, I'm going to offer half of one, right? Right. (laughs) Just trying to, you know, get get the best deal, obviously. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And so that I would say that would be the the, the number one issue that I've run across is the expectations of, you know, finding these type of deals.
0: Yeah. And, And how do you, I mean, how do you, you know, how do you have those, I guess, come to Jesus moments with these owners that, you know, have these misconceptions about what the market would bear or the fact that, well, I've got money to spend, so... Somebody should come to me and give me a deal.
2: Yeah, I, I think that really lays on our shoulders as the advisor. The upfront conversations in these kickoff meetings that we have okay. um, with uh, you know if, when we're working with these buyers is to help them understand, provide data uh, that really supports our 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 the, these deal valuations. Uh, you know, we have a number of uh, resources um, throughout valuation survey and also our M&A survey that show these growing trends of valuations, and then also. Um, I know firms are becoming extremely, a lot more profitable. Uh, M&A tends to um, really uh, be in line with the economy. And so as the economy grows, obviously these firms are going to be growing as well. M&A deals are going to become more expensive. The multiples are going to increase as well. Oh, absolutely.
0: Absolutely. So you said at the beginning about pulling a deal team together. Can you describe in your vernacular what a deal team is?
2: Yeah, sure. So I would say uh, a deal team includes your your legal team, um, your legal attorney, uh, your accounting team, and also your internal management. And so the internal management is important. Uh, You as the owner, you might want to bring in key executives that are um, not necessarily the decision maker. But the one who is going to be impacted by this acquisition, who's going to be, um, you know, working with this new acquired firm, and then also your external consultants, someone okay. like a ZY Group, right. um, someone that allows you to. It's funny uh, we always say allow to be the bad guy or right. allow to be the one to, <laughs> you know, if it ever comes to the point of you know needing to break up with this firm, where um, it's not reflecting on your reputation, your, repu- uh, your reputation, rather allowing us to, you know, step in have those
0: difficult conversations. Right. And somebody has to have them. I mean, yeah, you, exactly you, you can't just sit by, you can't just sit idly by and just hope that hope for the best or hope things ultimately work themselves out. It's one of the reasons why, and it, if you look in another in, different industry in real estate, it's one reason why it's always kind of good to have a realtor involved in the process, because then that way you kind of separate the personal part of it from the business aspect of exactly what's going to happen. Cause you know, you and I both know that People take things the wrong way. Um, um, words that are spoken from one side or the other can can be uh, misrepresented or misread, and uh, and then all of a sudden you've got angry parties, and it's just for the just for the simple fact that they were they were just misunderstood, right? And I think everybody has a feeling that they want to share through a transaction like this, and sometimes those feelings can you know people can wear them on their shoulders, and you know somebody like what we do at Zui Group, a, a good attorney. Uh, not just any attorney, not like your cousin who does real estate law, and you've asked him to sit in because you want him to do some M uh, and A, a M&A transaction, and he has no experience in it. You need an expert in this area. I know we use an individual that probably has more than two hundred transactions under his belt.
2: Yeah, exactly. We, um, George uh, Cristadullo, right? And uh, we use George.
0: You know, he, he's actually been on the podcast. So, he's been on the yeah, podcast. Good. Yeah, yeah so. and
2: he, he's really you know a deal maker, very efficient whenever working with these deals. Um, and again, to your point, you really want to w- work with someone who has uh, the industry um, expertise within professional services. Um, you know, ideally within you know the AEC industry, because again, this isn't an industry where um, you know you're selling a product or you're manufacturing a product. You know, our people go home at the end of the day, and yeah. so it's important to remember that. And yeah,
0: there's different ways to value it and to you know develop a deal around. Absolutely. So, what would you say to those firms that get letter? After letter, after inquiry, after inquiry, and they just keep saying no. I'm not interested in being bought. I'm not, you know, interested in anybody's MA transaction. What do you say to those guys? And from an open mind perspective, to say, hey, you know, decide not to decide. You don't necessarily need to sell your company today, but you should know what the market can bear.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's important um, as a business owner to stay ahead of the market. Um, what I typically, um, uh, you know, communicate. Uh, across the board is just again that open mindness um, to you know have that initial conversation because at the end of the day you never know what might come out of that conversation you might uh, develop a new friendship you might develop a new business relationship you might develop you know a JV opportunity um, and you also might find someone that's interested in essentially taking your business what you've developed the the people that you've developed um, this asset that you've grown to, you know, a point where maybe you're not able to take it to the next level, um, come in to one of these larger firms that have the resources, uh, the marketing team behind them that allows them to, you know,
0: grow and really elevate, elevate this opportunity. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's always and, and it's so funny, you know, when we do these podcasts, a lot of times we um, we get interrupted by all kinds of stuff going on and, and phones and all kinds of information is shared. And so. Uh, our founder Mark Swyg loves to especially during the holidays uh <laughs> do some uh do some music over the loudspeaker even if things are happening even if big deals are going on like this podcast so yes exactly we so. have to we have to grin and bear it and move on but this is this is a active moving target so um you know we we continue to roll the way that we're rolling so you guys get all of it the good the bad and the ugly in that but no i i um i totally hear what you're saying about that and it it's i think it's you know it's it's something that um people just need to be aware of and need to be open to at least hearing what the market will bear right uh and and at least uh, have an idea cuz you know the thing is and and i was talking to mark the other day about this is that you know we get calls all the time from uh firm owners that get up into their 70s. It's not un, it's not uncommon to have design firm owners that are in their upper 70s right? still talking about, well, what's my transition going to be? What's my exit strategy? They have never taken any of that into consideration, much less you know, an M&A transaction. So I think it's just important to have these conversations early and often. And so- now we're seeing a different generation of engineers and architects that Are in their late 30s and 40s that are saying, "I want to know now Mm -hmm. what my exit strategy is. Whether it's going to be an M and A, a merger or acquisition, whether it's going to be uh, some type of ownership transition to the next generation team that's coming up below me." You know, these conversations and these questions need to be had early and often. And I think what you guys do is so important um, in terms of giving people, you know, an honest assessment you know, of their firm value of what, you know, what could potentially be on the open market and what can ultimately happen. So, you know, I, I mean, it's you guys survey, I mean, you have a yeoman's task on you that you, you have to get done, but it's 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 certainly not easy. Uh, but it's, it's if, if companies are willing to at least just listen, if nothing else, uh, they'll get some, you know, invaluable advice, sometimes even free, mm-hmm, right. that will help take them a long way.
2: Yeah, and I think you bring up a, a very valid point, a very um important point. Um you need to have these discussions earlier than later. Um also it's important to understand where the industry's going, um, where the market is trending. Uh, you know, again, I really lean on some invaluable data that we collect. And um I, I'm looking at one of the slides here right now, just of you know, why M&A buyers buy and why M&A sellers sell. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the common trend or common trend that keeps occurring is, um, again, managing growth and then also uh, working with your staff. And it's funny, we've actually seen this um, come up uh, reoccurring uh, over the last couple of years um, to be one of the top reasons of why these M&A sellers are selling is to again increase opportunities for their staff members Um, and then also um, to improve firm management processes and you know again those resources of working with these larger buyers so again uh, to your point it's very important to have these conversations uh, sooner than later Um, all the time i'm I'm speaking with uh, these um, you know potential sellers or these owners that are like you said in their 60s and 70s that don't have these integration plans that are kind of scrambling, trying to uh, come up with a solution. Um, And a lot of times that doesn't drive the highest value. Um, And I think it's really important also to focus on your second tier leadership, really develop that second tier leadership, because that's also going to drive value at the
0: end of the day as well. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, I mean, you said a mouthful right there. And I think that's, that's one of the biggest issues that we see is that, um, you know, there are some real tangible benefits to a merger or acquisition where maybe you are a smaller firm and you can be acquired by a a larger firm, maybe not a huge firm, but a larger firm than yours that maybe has certain systems in place Mm -hmm. that could be a real tangible benefit for your people. And one way to communicate to them that, hey, I really appreciate everything that you've done for me as an owner, that, that you guys have been with me for these number of years is that I want to make sure that we continue to remain in good hands and that we're able to grow this even beyond what we thought we could do, right? right. Cuz everybody, I mean I always look at different leaders and I think of somebody like an Ozzy Nelson. And I think of I, I think of Ozzy's experience and what he's done with Nelson Group and what, you know, what he took from his dad and just grew. I mean, and it's I mean, he's going to do almost what 300 million dollars this year. I mean, they were I yeah. mean, it's, it's it was growth. it's massive. It's mm-hmm. massive, but I I I think about All those firms that have now become part of his vision. And if you are acquired or you merge with the right organization, I mean, it can transform literally everything. Right. And I
2: think, yeah, and I think that leads into, you know, uh, the branding of that acquisition and what that looks like afterwards as well. I think that really um, has a a strong caveat to, you know, the future success and the acquisitions
0: that you Right, exactly. So, so I mean, there's something to be said for, it. and I, I, I can, I get that. You know, for for some people, it, it can be scary. You know, it can be like, man, this is something. This I created this, the sweat of my brow. You right. know, and I'm just, you know, it's, it's, you know, and especially since a lot of owners are men, you know, you get the machismo of, well, this is mine, and this is what right. I did, and you know, the minute that you allow somebody else into your turf or into your backyard, it becomes a much different conversation. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, you almost have to kind of put that aside, exactly. that feeling aside and and be open to what the possibilities could be for the future for your organization and what it would look like, you know, when you, when you are acquired. And, and speaking of which, you know, why, why don't you just kind of walk through, and I'd be interested to know some of the interesting things that you've seen in the ac- actual acquisition process that kind of um, you know, that maybe where you had to either step in or you kind of had to help an owner uh, or, or or a a, um, a a company that is selling to fully understand the the breadth of the opportunity that you that you're currently presenting them with. Do you have any specifically that you can think of?
2: Um, yeah, one deal that I can uh, think of specifically. Um, here recently we we worked with a firm out of Colorado that was looking at uh, making an acquisition. Um. I, I can't say that it was necessarily um, it wasn't an ego standpoint because this uh, individual at this firm was really passionate about his staff members. Okay, um, I think um, the area that we really had to step in and uh, provide some guidance is through um, just culture analysis, understanding um, the different dynamics of each culture. Um, each firm has their own culture, and what the beautiful thing is um, whenever you are a seller in a hot, in an extremely hot market. You have options. Right. So um, with that said, we had the opportunity to look at a number of buyers that were extremely interested in doing a deal yesterday, right? Right. Uh, but we really had to slow down the process and take some time and analyze, you know, w- w- what is this going to look like um, in the future? What is this going to look like for their staff members? Um, w- what is that new culture? How are, how are we going to develop that new culture? What is that new culture? What will that culture look like? Um, and, and it, you know, we do at, at representing the seller, we do lean on the, 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 buyer to develop the majority of that, obviously, because they're going to be the one driving right. the truck. Right. Uh, but at the same time, um, you know, we, we, we try to, uh, Essentially,
0: get everyone on board, right, yeah, and the culture piece is huge i mean we you I mean that's that's an issue that we deal with uh, on the executive search side of things it's like it's all about culture, right you know I was explaining to a client last night it's one of the reasons why we go out and physically meet with you know a firm that we're gonna represent you know i, I it's like I, I can't sell a car that I haven't driven, right exactly. I got to drive it, i gotta touch it, taste it, see what it's like, you know, get in there, and whip it around, and make sure it's exactly what. You know what it is, but I think it's important that firms need to go in with both eyes wide open they need to fully understand and embrace the 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 cultural uh differences of each entity mm-hmm. and how you'll make the two mesh and kind of work it out but i mean it's 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 an area that is often overlooked because people too often are focused exclusively on the on the economic side of things right, but you do so at your own detri- to your own detriment absolutely yeah so so we'll have to see. See how things go. So, so tell me, um, you know, now that you've had a chance to cut your teeth on a number of transactions, you you've been with us now almost two years, right? Yeah, almost two years. Yeah, I, can't, I remember intern. you you were an intern and you kind of came in and, and blew everyone away. And we we were we were hoping that we weren't going to lose Noah to uh, Wall Street or some other big <laughs> muckety muck firm, but he decided to stay right here in good old Fayetteville, Arkansas, and literally help us grow this M and a group. And I mean, you've done an amazing job. I mean, and of course you have the greatest of, of, of leaders in and Jamie Claire Kaiser, who yes. is just a dynamo in her own right. And you've got Brendan Shearer and we just have an amazing team here mm-hmm. and and what you guys are able to accomplish. Uh, with the numbers that we have, it's just it's just it's astounding. I, I really am every time I look up. It's just there's a new deal or a new mm-hmm. transaction. I mean, you guys are constantly busy on the road, meeting with clients, talking to potential firms. I mean, talk about that part of it because that's one thing that we share in terms of the amount of research that goes into identifying firms that are going to be appropriate. But but how how I mean. Is 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 that in and of itself probably one of the bigger challenges b- before you get somebody to the table is just getting someone to bring to the table?
2: Um, you know, uh, I would say no, not necessarily. Um, I, I would say the biggest challenge, really. Uh, so it it, it kind of it's twofold, right? So again, it's identifying firms that are interested, mm-hmm. uh, not only finding firms that are interested, someone that would even take our call.
0: Yeah,
2: uh, you had mentioned uh, earlier. Um, how do you you know? persuade someone or get someone to actually you know take your call after you've reached out to them countless number of times. Right. Um I, yeah, so I we really lean on um again just the expertise that the other uh, leaders here at the firm have um, really developed um again, you know, you're leaning on their expertise of, you know, how to conduct these conversations and how to conduct uh, the initial contact phase. Um I would say the the biggest challenge really is understanding uh or, or explaining and trying to mitigate expectations mm-hmm. um for example if i'm representing a buyer and i'm you know reaching out to a number of sellers um really not digging into the details at the the, the initial upfront conversations right. because again at the end of the day what we're trying to do is find out number one is this company a, a viable fit um is uh, can they work together um is it, does it obviously, does it, does it fit into their, does it fit into our buyer's overall uh, M&A strategy? Okay. And so I would say those are some of the, you know, the, the, the first challenges that we run into on that, just in the initial
0: conversations. Okay. All right, cool. And I'm sure there are plenty of others, but that's, that's a great example of, of what you normally have to deal with. And I, I sympathize with that because it's not always easy, but you know, just I, I always encourage people in, in anything that we do in, in this management consulting space for the design industries, people just need to be open to have conversations right. and just kind of kinda of find out what's going on. There's so much you can learn just by listening. And um certainly with what you guys do, there's a lot of listening involved. Um and, and you have to be patient. The process mm-hmm. takes time. But when it bears fruit, I mean, it can be it can be pretty special. Exactly, it can be pretty special. And I've seen some of the transactions that you guys have done recently. And I, obviously, this is all. All this has been pretty much common knowledge. And you know, we've seen some companies come together that you know they didn't look like they were made for each other, but but post transaction, you were like, man, this was like the perfect marriage. You know, and you, you just don't know these things until you actually bring it to the table and try mm-hmm. to make it happen. So, I certainly mm-hmm. applaud you guys. Um, as we wrap up, is there is there anything else that you think our listening audience would need to kind of be aware of or start thinking about from an M and A perspective for 2018? Especially if somebody might be, you know, that owner that's on the fence and you know in his mid mid fifties, you know, maybe early sixties, thinking about, well, what what is the next step for me? I'm not really sure. Um, what what are, what are some thoughts or advice that you might have uh, for that individual?
2: Yeah, no, great question. I would say for um, individuals that are looking to you know, sell or make some exit strategy, uh, really focus on, um, again, where the, where the market is trending. Um, and then I would say one area that w- we tend to see um, being problematic whenever we're working with sellers is just their overall financial condition. And what I mean by mm-hmm. that is their financial statements, yeah. have your books in order, yeah. um, have them audited mm-hmm. um, as soon as possible not uh, you know go back a couple of years have those audited as well keep keep your books up to date and consistent but really focus on some drivers of value be that you know your your, your second tier leadership uh, your diversification when regards to uh, the number of clients that you have um, or the the you know the percentage of revenue driven by each client mm-hmm. those are really some key uh, market drivers that uh, we like to see whenever
0: you know we're, we're pitching these sellers so do you think buyers are more attracted to a firm that has some really great talent, as opposed to just a tremendously huge book of business, or is it a combination of both?
2: Yeah, I would say talent outweighs all. All of it. Um, That's because what I you know we're in this in, in our industry, we're seeing a massive, um, a major lack of talent uh, coming out, and so um, you know M and A's actually became. One of you know the key recruiting you know, your expertise in the, the recruiting industry or the recruiting um, consulting field is you know as became this new uh, way to recruit. recruit.
0: Yeah, it's talent. like look, I can't recruit somebody out of that exactly. firm. I might as well just buy the firm. So right. yeah,
2: and we've seen that in the tech industry, and so it, it's, it's 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 nice to see it you know happening in our
0: industry as well. All right, so I'm going to flip the script on you a little bit and and ask you this question. What would you say? I'm a young millennial. I'm working at a firm. I've put four or five years in there and my firm is about to be acquired. Should I be worried? Um, what kind of questions should I be asking if if I if I am all of a sudden faced with that situation? Yeah.
2: I, I don't think there's any worry. Um, again, whenever we whenever we represent a buyer, they're acquiring firms for that talent. We need people. Again, we're in a service industry that um if we, we don't have people we're not able to perform the so work do it right and yeah. so um i would say you know questions um would be you know what, what what is i just as an individual uh standpoint is you know where do you where do you see your career going right uh what are the things that you want to do align yourself with mentors align yourself with the key management to help uh, guide you but um in the standpoint of MA and and you know the fear is always that Oh, whenever you find out that your firm is being acquired, that a new you know staff cut right. is going to be exactly. right around the corner. Yeah, but that's not necessarily true. That's right. not true in our industry, and yeah. it hasn't been true in our industry again to the point that our assets go
0: the assets go home at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, people? yeah, and I, and you you I mean you said a mouthful. It's not like we're dealing with a gajillion Python developers or you know C plus. Right. I mean, it's it, it's just a different. Um, uh, it's just a different situation. And I tell people all the time, and we, we have a finite set of human resources in the design space. And you know, people that go through M&A transactions, in most cases, like you said, are going through it for, to acquire that additional talent. That right. will help drive them to that next level that they're trying to experience. Exactly. So yeah. Right. No, that's awesome, man. So well well, no, I really appreciate you you taking some time to uh to share with us just your experience and, and I know that uh twenty eighteen should be pretty exciting uh, on the M and A front and um we- Yeah, we've seen some massive growth and we just continue to grow. Um
2: our deal flow is um Pretty exciting right now. And okay. Then I should see. You know, we have a lot more coming out of the pipeline.
0: But that doesn't mean you won't take on any oh, business. So if anybody's listening not. and and they need a little bit of MA help or advice or are ready to sell or ready to buy, be bought, um, they can definitely contact you, right? Yes. Yeah, but we'll make sure we get Noah's information in our show notes uh, so that you know how to connect with him. His email is N Hunt, N-H-U-N-T at com. And uh, we just want to go a little deeper for our audience just to learn a little bit more about who sure. the real Noah Hunt is. So we have a couple of simple questions that we'll enter end our interview with, and, and hopefully we'll have some fun in the process. Uh, Noah, what was the last book you read? The
2: last book I read um, is it's called High Performing Habits. It's by Brandon Burchard, yeah. uh, number one seller yep. on, uh, on New York Times. Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, yeah, it's a very powerful book. Yeah, I, he's got I highly a, recommend it. He's got a great testimony. Very he interesting does. guy. So really interesting guy. That's, that's a good book. Um, where did you go on your last vacation? My last vacation, I uh, I recently... I can't
2: remember my last vacation, actually. No, uh, <laughs> all joking aside. You may need a break soon. But yeah, that's yeah. what it sounds like. No, all joking aside, my last vacation, um, I just took some time off. And I'm originally from Austin, Texas. And so I went back home and spent some time um, with them, Austin some family. Yeah.
0: yeah, absolutely. Have you been to, what's the barbecue place down there that everybody talks about? Um Felix's? I can't. Oh yes, Felix. Yeah, yeah. Felix.
2: Yeah, yeah. If yeah. you're ever in Austin you have to
0: I think to and Felix. I don't know if Obama, president former president Obama right. made it famous, but you know, now it's what I've been told. I talked to Will Schneer from Big Red Dog and he's like, Man, you gotta get out of there get out there at like three AM in the morning to get online to yeah to get it. So but everybody around here that does barbecue says that's the place to go. So yeah, I'll have to check it out sometime. I'm sure you can get some good brisket there. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um if you could binge watch one T V series old or new, what would it be? I'm kinda torn in this question.
2: Um I would say uh, it's either it's 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 a cross between suits and house of cards. Oh, I think okay. I lean more towards house of cards because, you know, the dynamics.
0: Yeah, although you may not be able to lean on that. Actually, it's yeah. been canceled, so, so. Uh, won't be any more house of cards. And and I guess with suits, um, you know, all the big news now is that one of the stars of suits is, <laughs> is about to become uh, her royal highness exactly. uh, or princess of sorts. So. Uh, is it Megan Markle? Yeah, so that's pretty exciting. So, Harry's uh done done good. So, uh well that's Gus, that's awesome, man. Um no, I want to thank you again for taking time out of your schedule to to be with us here on the ZY Letter podcast. It's it's invaluable um for us to be able to tap into uh the leadership of this firm, um just the knowledge base that we have here at ZY Group and we don't take it lightly and we certainly appreciate our audience relying on us for for news and information and advice. And you can certainly catch Noah's thoughts uh, in the Zweig letter and uh, certainly would uh, encourage you to check that out. And I've got some, some free information uh, about that in a second but Noah thank you so much for for being on the on the show we really appreciate it yeah thank you Randy for having me absolutely you did a great job folks listen I am so excited that you decided to join us today um we really appreciate you listening no matter where you are whether it's the treadmill whether it's out out on a run getting some air whether it's uh on a plane in a car on an uber whatever it is. We appreciate you taking, t- taking the time to, to listen and, and to um, allow us to, to give us some space in your head for even just a, a short period of time. Uh, I have a great gift for you because this is the gift-giving season. Um, we are now doing the Zweig Letter digital version free. That's right. You heard it. F-R-E-E. So I really want to encourage you to just visit ZweigGroup.com and click on the Zweig Letter link. And that will open up a page. And all you have to do is leave your email address and you're all set. I don't need your blood type. I don't need your cell phone, just your email address. And you can sign up. And every week on Monday, you will get a digital subscription free of charge of the Zweig Letter. And you can hear from people like myself and Noah and, of course, our, our main man, Mark Zweig, who writes the main uh, main masthead editorial Uh, for this white letter and has been doing so since 1992. I'm almost certain, I don't know this as a fact, so don't kill me if I'm wrong, but I'm almost certain that this newsletter is probably the longest running newsletter in the design industry uh, continuously. But I could be wrong, but just it sounds good, so we're going to roll with that. Anyway, listen, I appreciate you guys listening. Uh, this has just been another great episode of the Zweig Letter Podcast. Uh, you can catch us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, or anywhere that you find amazing podcasts. And remember, if you have a chance and you you, you are so inclined, we'd love it if you give us a five-star review uh, and share this with your friends. Remember, sharing is caring. I'm Randy Wilburn, and you've been listening to another episode of the Zweig Letter Podcast. Remember to make it a great day. Bye for now.
1: Thanks for tuning in to this Zweigletter podcast episode. If you want more wisdom and inspiration, in addition to information about M&A, strategic planning, HR, and marketing your firm, subscribe now to the digital version of the Zweigletter free of charge. Just visit thezweigletter.com slash subscribe and leave your email address. Your free subscription will begin immediately.